You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. I haven't brought this up in a long time, but if you like what you're hearing, I'm going to ask you to do two things. Number one, I'm going to ask you to hit that like button. Give us a thumbs up. The more of those we can get will put us into an algorithm that will help us go before more people. And then tell somebody about this. Subscribe to the channel and tell somebody. Encourage somebody else to subscribe to this. That way you'll get notifications every time something new comes out. All right, we're talking about the four phases of love. And here is where we see clearly in Scripture that love has four distinct faces. It's found in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17, 18, and 19. When you hear me talk about four faces of love, I didn't just pick it out of thin air. I see it in the Scriptures clearly stated, and here it is. It's a prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus so they could be complete in the love of God. And he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. A couple of things here. Number one, you are comprehending with all saints what is the breadth, length, and depth, the height of the love of God. In other words, love cannot exist alone. Without this love, you will not be able to properly engage God or other people. You can't exist in a vacuum. So this is the reason I believe in a trinity, is because you cannot have love when you're all alone. Uh, love has to do with others. And so we see Father, Son, Holy Spirit loved each other deeply before they created the world. And they loved the world that they created. They created it with opportunity to love, filled it with love. Now, you can't know the love of Christ. You can't really get it if you don't understand it has four dimensions. And those dimensions are breadth, that would be width, length, depth, and height. Each one of these is hugely important, and we'll get into it. But let's go to this. You will never fully know the love of Christ until you develop an understanding of these four dimensions. Full knowledge, not partial knowledge. Full knowledge enables significance in relationships. And what happens is if we don't understand these four faces, we'll misjudge people. I'm reminded of something that happened years and years ago after my son Whit went to a denominational Christian school. Uh, it was not uh, our particular persuasion, but uh, there were good people there, a lot of discipline and structure. That's something we believed in. It was the best choice for us at the time. So we put our kids there. There was a lady who had a daughter that my son uh, cared for uh, quite a lot. Uh, but this woman, who was a teacher, disapproved of which uh, 
beliefs and so forth. She didn't want her daughter dating him. And so she was, uh, I'm sure, probably put off by Whit because Whit was uh, uh, just a kid. And um, one of the things that, uh, he wasn't a bad kid at all, uh, but but he wasn't a preacher when he was 16, 17, 18 years old. He was just a kid. And I think that that's a mistake that people make sometimes, especially when you're dealing with preachers' kids. You expect them to be just like the preacher when they're 15 years old. I wasn't that way when I was 15 years old. Uh, you, you give kids a chance to grow up. You don't try to put them in uh, a place where they uh, are just like their parents who've had plenty of opportunity to, um, to, to grow and to mature. But anyway, uh, they had a senior trip. And so when they went to senior trip, they went to a place in Mexico where liquor was available. And the hotel pushed the liquor on the kids. And so the kids would go to the bar and there were a number of them going in and getting alcoholic beverages. Well, my son Whit uh, did not do that. And he was brokenhearted that so many of his friends were doing this. It tore him up. And he went into the bar, and with tears, he would sit with kid after kid and plead with them to come out of the bar and not to do that. And uh, he had some success, but most of the kids rejected him. But it broke Whit's heart that, that his kids that he'd grown up with in the school uh, went back in and, and, uh, and got drunk. When we had graduation a few weeks after the senior trip, this teacher came to me and she said, I need to apologize to you. And I thought this was very classy. She said, I misjudged your son. I did. And I am so sorry that I did. What he did on that senior trip showed me a side of him that I had never seen before. And I totally misjudged him. And uh, anyway, those were kind words. We appreciated that. And, and it's always uh, special when someone recognizes I made a mistake because a lot of people don't. What that says to me is that you can totally miss who a person is because you only see one side of them. Uh, you can have a kid staying in your home and you come home from work sometime and find out that one of your kids has done something awful and you correct them. And that friend who happens to be at your home who sees you in displeasure concerning what your child has done forms an opinion of you that's not accurate at all. It's because they don't really know you. They, they don't really see the context of how you're dealing with your son or your daughter. Uh, they don't understand that at all, so they make a judgment call of you based upon a very quick snapshot. And that happens all the time. We do it in culture all the time. We make snapshots of people with social media. We get a sound clip, and we barbecue people, and we paint a picture of people that is not accurate at all. We do not take the lifetime of a person or a long body of work or a lot of consistency. We look at one little tiny snippet, and we judge people on that, and that's not good. All right, let's keep going. God's love is not one-dimensional. Remember that. One wall doesn't make a house. And I told you that I was shocked when I went to the Western movie towns and found out that a lot of those buildings were not really buildings at all. They were just walls that were put up and braced from behind and made to look like real buildings. They didn't have a roof. They weren't really real. If you opened the door, you went into nothing. And so that's, uh, that's what a false front is. People who limit the love of God to one dimension, the dimension of acceptance and believing, inevitably cause hurt 
and total misunderstanding because that's what people think love is. It's acceptance and misunderstanding. So let's talk about what these four dimensions are. Each one of them is uh, uh, something that is uh, characteristic of a unique quality, okay? The Bible talks about the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. Now, when we use the word breadth, and when you extend your hands out, it corresponds to generosity. When we say that someone is generous, they're open-handed. They are giving. They're very open. Breadth corresponds to generosity. And this is the side of God's love. Thereby loves. It is acceptance, open arms, and generosity. And certainly that is one of the faces of love. Let me show you in the very beginning where God demonstrates that characteristic. In Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion. That's a generous statement. I'm giving them something. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now skip down to verse 29. And God said, this is to Adam and Eve, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you, it shall be for me. So what do you see here? The giving, accepting side of God. It is associated with breath. All right? Now we see another face of God. It is the face of length. Now length has to do with this dimension. Backwards. If you talk about a person and say, she will go to any length, or he will go to any link, length. What are we talking about? We're talking about their determination to protect. And that is one of the faces of God's love. God protects and he loves when he protects. Let me show you. Genesis chapter 3. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. God protected the tree of life. He kept Adam away from it. Now, let me tell you something about protection. It's two-sided. He was protecting the tree of life, but he was also protecting Adam. Adam had committed a sin that changed his nature. He was spiritually dead. God said to him, "In the day you eat this fruit, you will surely die. He did. His physical death didn't come for quite some time, but his spiritual death happened immediately. But here's a problem. If Adam wanders over and eats the fruit of the tree of life, he will then live forever in spiritual death. God didn't want that. So he protected Adam from eternal damnation, and he protected the tree of life so that other people who sinned couldn't get there and eat fruit and experience the same thing. 
because God loves, God protects. And you see this face of God all through the Bible where he protected. We don't see it as much in the New Testament in a dramatic form like we see the hero stories of the Old Testament. But I will tell you this, you can see it with Jesus and his disciples. When he was taken in the Garden of Gethsemane, he looked into the faces of his captors and said concerning his apostles, let these go their way. And they listened to him. Now, under normal conditions, they would have taken all of them and rounded them up, but they couldn't touch the 12 because Jesus would not allow them to take the 12. They were all protected. Now, they were fearful. They were hiding, and and, uh, they didn't come out uh, into public and all this for several days after the resurrection. But it is because they didn't understand how protected they were. God protects because he loves. All right? That's what length has to do with. Depth corresponds to correction. Listen to Genesis chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 and 11. And the Lord God called Adam. This is after he ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he said, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten the tree where I commanded you that you should not eat? Now what's God doing now? He is correcting Adam. Why? Because when you love, you correct. Hebrews 12 says this, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son he receives. Uh, Here's 26 translations, same verse. For the Lord disciplines the person he loves and chastises every son that he acknowledges. If you love anyone, you're going to correct them. And that doesn't mean you punish them to hurt them. You are teaching them that if they continue on the path that they go, it's going to cause harm. That's correction. Love corrects. And that's one of its faces. Then we read about the fourth dimension, height, breadth, length, depth. By the way, when you build a building, uh, architects will tell you you have to correct the soil. You will dig down into the dirt and get rid of clay and big rocks and so forth because they're unstable. They won't support the weight of a building. And so the 180 building taught me this that we built here in Tulsa, a 90,000 uh, square foot building. We had to dig eight feet into the ground, remove all the clay, all the rock, and fill it back in with gravel two-foot intervals, and pack it down with big steam rollers. And uh, these rollers would just pack it down until we finally had a really solid foundation. That was called correcting the soil. And so you're enabling people to stand when you correct what is beneath their feet. Love corrects. And then there is height, and it corresponds to believing. Listen to this one, and this is one of the greatest verses of the Bible. God said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. He's talking to the serpent. Between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head. Thou shalt bruise his heel. This is God promising to rescue mankind and redeem mankind. Here is the verse in the New Testament demonstrating this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now listen, every building that is designed to inspire, every building that is designed to lift your spirit is a tall building. A tall building with the same square footage as a lower, wide building is much more inspiring than the lower, wide building because of its height. So let's get this. God's love is is corrective, 
God's love is generous and giving. God's love is believing and inspiring. And God's love is is fathomless. It's boundless, endless, fathomless, measureless. That's the love of God. Breadth corresponds to generosity. Length corresponds to protection. Uh, Depth uh, corresponds to correction. And finally, height corresponds to believing. These are the four faces of God's love. So when we read Bible stories, they emphasize different elements of the love of God. Some stories are written all about protection. Other stories are written about believing. Other stories are written about correction. Because God is more than a one-dimensional being. He's breadth, length, depth, height. His love is amazing. And then it's not of a single dimension. And you won't really know Him if you cannot understand these four faces. There's a lot more to this. We'll get into it later. See you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below are going to MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.